My name is Benjamin Pace, and you're listening to the No Content Podcast. And if you happen to be a duck listening to this, you're in a safe space. Welcome to the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace, and uh, hey, happy St. Patrick's Day. If uh, if you're listening to this and it's Sunday or Monday or wherever you're listening to it, on Saturday was St. Patrick's Day, and so uh, I hope you had a great uh, 17th of March, and I know for some people it can be a wild time and they do a lot of wild things, but it doesn't have to be, and uh, you know, of course, I- I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious, uh, and I don't believe in leprechauns, and I don't believe in luck. But um, I, I always do enjoy this time of the year because St. Patrick was somebody who was a believer and he did a lot of good things for the Lord. And it's good to remember that and honor that. But also, you know, I, I, for some reason, every every time around this year, I feel like I get something in my heart that's kind of relevant to St. Patrick's Day. And I was thinking about it, you know, even with some of the goofy stuff, you know, uh, one of the things that I was reminded of is the proverbial fictional idea of the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And of course, there's nothing scriptural about that, and I'm not trying to preach any kind of tradition of man to you or superstition. But it did get me thinking in this direction, and I thought about the phrase, the end of the rainbow. And it sparked something in my heart, and I began to study in that direction, and that is how I came up with, or I was given, rather, uh, the idea for the podcast today, and I believe I received the idea from the Lord, and with His help, I'm going to minister it to you. But we're talking about the end of the rainbow, and if I could, I would preach this whole podcast with an Irish accent, because it's one of my favorite accents, but I'm not even going to try. So we will instead read some scripture in regular, normal, Missouri, Southern accent. Um, Ecclesiastes 7, verse 8 says the end of a thing is better than its beginning. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. I'll read it again. It's worth it. The end of a thing is better than its beginning. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Now, it's one thing to be patient in a natural sense, It's another thing to be patient in spirit. And, you know, when it talks about being proud in spirit or humble in spirit, you know, there are spiritual sides to these things. Many times we look at pride or humility after the flesh. We look at pride as somebody who is, you know, talks loud or dresses a certain way or, you know, is a certain kind of musician or something like that. And those can be manifestations of pride. But, you know, the Bible talks about in Peter a meek and a quiet spirit. And it talks about those who are humble in spirit. Did you know that somebody can be humble in appearance and proud in spirit? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Oh, it's true. Somebody can be humble in appearance, but they can be proud in spirit. And on the other hand, somebody may have a loud personality, and maybe they like to dress up a lot, but they can have a meek and a quiet spirit. 
See, we need to judge these things more spiritually than we do naturally. I'm reminded of an episode of The Waltons. I don't know if you ever ever watched the show The Waltons, but Erin, uh, the second youngest daughter in the show, she went through this phase where she she wanted to get rid of all her vanity. And so she stopped wearing makeup and she, she stopped wearing nice clothes and she would wear these plain gray dresses and she'd walk around very somber and very sad. And one day, uh, you know, her mom, uh, Olivia Walton came up to her and she's like, what are you doing? Like, stop this. This is awful. And she says, you know, mom, I'm just trying to be humble. I'm, I'm being humble because I need to be humble. And finally, her mom looked at her and said, it sounds to me like you're proud of how humble you are. <laughs> what was happening? Well, she was she was humble in appearance, but she was proud in spirit. See, we want to guard against these things. So I want to talk to you about patience over pride. What is the connection between patience and pride? Because often we talk about humility over pride. But this verse compares or contrasts rather patience and pride. Let's read this in Habakkuk 2 verse 3. It says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Now, now these are important words. The vision. Now, the vision has to do with the promise. And we're going to talk about the promise. But the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, I'm going to say that again, at the end, it will speak and will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. These are all important elements of what we're going to talk about today. But he's talking about the vision and the end of that vision being for an appointed time. And he talks about how when it comes, it's not going to tarry at the end. In other words, you may be waiting for it, but when it shows up, it's going to happen smoothly and quickly. You hear that? But then he talks about the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Let me read this to you in the Amplified. It says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, and it hastens to the end. Of fulfillment. It will not deceive or disappoint, though it tarries. Wait earnestly for it, because it will surely come. It will not be behindhand on its appointed day. So what, what are we seeing in this? Well, it talks about hastening to the end, um, being quickened, being expedited to the end. Uh, and it talks about the appointed day, that it's not going to be late on its appointed day. It's, there's a due date with this. Do you see that? There's a due date. Uh, now, let me ask you this. Does God have appointed days? Does he have days that are appointed for certain things? He does. We're reading about it right now. And it says it hastens to fulfillment. This also can mean prospers or expedites or even rushes. Now, it's funny because we're talking about waiting patiently for something, but at the end, there's like a rush order put on this thing. In other words, when the time comes, there's no time to waste time. Do you understand what, what, what's being communicated here? I talked about a, uh, this a little bit in the podcast, The Great Escape, but he's talking about it's not going to be behindhand on its appointed day. Uh, the picture is of somebody patiently waiting for something year after year, and then the appointed time finally draws near, and the blessing causes it to happen smoothly and quickly and with ease. Why? Because the day has come. Do you see that? And a good picture of this is birth. 
You know, there's a nine-month waiting period. But when the due date arrives, the baby's coming. Now, whether people want the baby to come or not, whether people were planning on the baby coming or not, you know, it's coming. Why? Because the due date's here. And, and there is some... There is some hastening of this thing. You know, you've seen some of these movies where they've got the doors, or I'm sorry, the, the bags by the door, and they're ready to go. A good, a good picture of this is, is Father of the Bride Part 2, uh, where he's sleeping in his suit every night, ready to go out the door anytime that they think the baby's coming. What, there's a hastening of it. There, there was a waiting period, but now there's a hastening of it. Why? Because the baby's coming. The due date is here. And there is a patient waiting, but now there's a quickening. And it's not a rush, but it's quick because the time has arrived. So what's the connection here with faith and pride or the contrast between faith and pride? Because he said the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Well, the living by faith is twofold. It's not only patiently believing to see the promise before it comes, but it's also stepping into the promise when it does. Now, the Amplified Bible of Habakkuk references Hebrews 10, 37, 38. So I'll read that to you. It says, For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. You see that a little while? A little while? Just a little while. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Now he, in this whole passage and things, he, he's referencing the Israelites in Hebrews chapter 4 and them not going in to possess the promised land. And he mentions this pride being lifted up. The Israelites wouldn't go into the promised land when God said go. And then they tried to go when he said no. <laughs> so there is this thing that happens where pride hardens a person's heart and keeps them from discerning the voice of the Lord. Uh, Hebrews 3 talks about today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Let me say it to you like this. Faith is about hearing his voice. Patience is about waiting until you hear his voice. I'm going to say it again. Faith is about not only hearing but obeying his voice, and patience is about waiting until you hear his voice. Faith is, is hearing and obeying. Patience is waiting until you hear his voice. It's waiting for the green light from God. And what do you know when you get a green light from God? The appointed time has come. I like something that Jeremy Pearson said one time. He said, when the light turns green, you'll know it because it'll turn green. <laughs> not complicated. Let me let me mention this to you. Genesis 3 9, I'm sorry, 19 Oh man. Let's try that again. Genesis 9 verse 13. I need to slow down. In the amplified. It says, "I set my bow, rainbow, in the cloud, and it shall be a token or a sign of a covenant or solemn pledge between me and the earth." So this is what I want to point out to you. The rainbow in the Bible represents the promise. So what do we hear a lot about during St. Patrick's Day? There's a pot of gold when? At the end of the rainbow. I guess it would be where, not when, but for all intents and purposes. There's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Well, there is a there is a reward at the end of the promise. Do you see that? <laughs> There's a reward 
at the end of the promise. In Hebrews uh, 10, I mentioned uh, some of the later verses, but it talks about, you know, uh, you need patience. It says, don't cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance or patience, that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. It says it had a great reward. There's a reward at the end. It's worth the wait. There's, there's something at the end of the promise. There's a fulfillment that it's hastening toward that. And, you know, I mentioned about the green light. You know, this, is a, this hastening is a quickening in your spirit. Uh, e- even if the natural circumstances may seem unlikely, you begin to sense it down on the inside. Like a mother that senses that a baby is coming. There's this hastening of it when that due date is coming up. Do you see that? The end of the thing. And Second Peter 1 verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great, and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. Now, these things are all significant, but it says through these exceedingly great and precious promises. In other words, the promise is an open door through which we partake in our divine inheritance and nature and escape the enemy's temptation. Or trial, you could say. Many times temptation can mean trial. But the promise is the open door. And it's through that promise that we escape something. We are escaping the corruption that's in this world through lust. And we partake in our divine inheritance. The promise is an open door. Now, the mistake people often make is to think that when the end of the promise comes, there will be no hindrance or pushback. When the end of the thing comes, there will be no hindrance or pushback. But back to the birth example. Is there some pressure and trial in connection to the due date? (laughs) You know, is there some pressure? Is there some trouble in connection to this hastening, this due date coming up? You know, Jesus talked about the earth going through birth pangs when we come to the end of the age. The end at times. What, what is it? This is the end of where we are, the end of this age, and we're about to escape into something else, into an open door of the promise. What is that? Heaven. <laughs> Being in heaven with God. There's an open door. We're about to escape into to be with him. But is there some pressure and some trial and some trouble that's going to come at the end? Jesus said there would be. We're already experiencing some of it. And he called it the birth pangs. The birth pangs. And so we see that there is, there is a reward at the end of the promise. Even as the body of Christ being raptured out of this earth and going into our heavenly inheritance with Jesus. Now there's a lot of stuff there that's above my pay grade when it comes to end times teaching, but that's that's the extent of my knowledge about it. So that's what I'll preach. But Jesus said in John 16:21, a woman when she is in labor. Now I want to emphasize that to you. When she is in labor has sorrow because her hour has come. Oh come on. Do you see what we're saying here? She is in labor and has sorrow or trouble you could say. Because her hour has come. 
What, what's happening? The due date is here. The time has come. Uh, this happened to Jesus. He, he was troubled in his spirit because his hour had come to walk through this trial and this tribulation of the cross and, and going into the lower parts of the earth and being raised from the dead. He, he had sorrow because his hour had come. Do you see this? There's, this? there's something that is being squeezed here. There's some pressure. And he said, a woman has sorrow when her hour has come, but watch this, as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. He said, as soon as she has given birth, what happened? She, she entered in through the promise. She came to the end of the promise. She found the reward at the end. And for joy that a human was born into the world. This reminds me of Hebrews 4.11 that says, Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. This comes back to what Habakkuk said, The just shall live by faith. So we which have believed do enter into rest. Is there some labor that comes with entering into the promise? Yes. Is there some pressure? Is there some trouble? Yes. But as soon as you get through that, what is there? There's joy. Come on. Praise God. There is a reward at the end. Praise God. Now, let me mention this to you. In Philippians 1 verse 6, it says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He said, He who began a good work in you will perform it until the what? The day of Jesus Christ. What is that? That's an appointed day. That's the due date. <laughs> and it says the, the good work he began, he will perform. So let me say this to you. God is not obligated to finish what he didn't start. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I'm going to say it again. God is not obligated to finish what he didn't start Sometimes we want God to help us finish what he didn't start. <laughs> but if he began it, he'll perform it, he'll finish it. He's the author and the finisher of our faith, but there are some things that we have to be willing to lay aside in order to enter into that promise. Let me read this to you in Hebrews 12, verse 1. I've been spending a lot of time in Hebrews today. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight... And the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience, there's the patience, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. What is that? He who begun a good work will perform it. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. What is that? That's the vision that we talked about in Habakkuk, the promise and the patience. Ooh, come on. We're bringing it all back to Habakkuk. That's, that's the promise, and that's the patience. The joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. There are some things that have to be laid aside <laughs> in order to enter in. There are some things that have to be shed. There are some things that may even need to be interrupted. Let, let me ask you this. Does it matter what a pregnant woman it was doing at the moment, if she goes into labor, 
No. <laughs> Does it matter what she was in the middle of? Does it matter what she had just started or, or, or was cooking a pie or whatever the case was? If she goes into labor, everything stops and it's time to go to the hospital. Why? Because this takes precedence. The, the due date has come. And this is how God is. And this is how we have to adjust our lives to him. This is why he talked about not getting entangled with the affairs of life. Because if we get too caught up in all this other stuff, then we can, we can get to this awkward place of when he's doing something and we're doing something and there's tension. And we either can keep trying to do what we're doing or we can yield ourselves to him and what he's doing. You know, uh, will God ever interrupt your plans? <laughs> yes, yes. Now, he won't interrupt his own plan, but he'll interrupt your plan. Um, you know, let me ask you this. Do you think that the day of Jesus Christ will interrupt some plans? <laughs> well, I can guarantee you that it will because Jesus said it would. In Matthew twenty four thirty seven, it says, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. What happened? God's going to interrupt some things. <laughs> He's going to take some people off guard. That's the picture that's being painted here. Listen, I, I'm talking about one thing, but this is so relevant to the coming of the Lord Jesus and where we're at in time and eternity. But how do I know if God began something? How do I know if something was started by God? In Romans 4.20, it says, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded, watch this, that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Ooh, come on. What did he say? What I began I will perform until the day of Jesus Christ. What God begins has a promise connected to it. And if there's no promise, there's no guaranteed end. <laughs> if there's no promise, there's no guaranteed end. He can interrupt it. But if there's a promise, then there's an end to it. Do you see that? God is not going to interrupt his own promise. If there's a promise, there's an end to it. And, you know, a lot of times people say, well, I, I wanted to do this and I wanted to finish this and I wanted to accomplish this and all this stuff. But is there a promise connected to it? Are you listening? Is there, do you have a word? Do you have a promise? Is there a joy that's set before you? Because listen, if he didn't start it, he has no obligation to finish it. And he can and will interrupt it. Not only now, but on the day of Jesus Christ. This is why we want to find out right now what is the best use of our remaining time. And we need to find out, when did God say this to me? When did God tell me to start this? When did God tell me to do this? Because if he didn't tell me to do it, it could be a waste of my time, and it's going to get interrupted <laughs> by the day. Do you see what I'm saying there? Whether it's the day of something else or the day of Jesus Christ. And we want to be doing exactly what he's called us to do on that day. That's where we want to be found. He said, who is that faithful servant who, when his master comes, will find him so doing? What? What he began. Ooh, come on. That's the thing you want to be found doing. 
Do you have a promise? And often our expectation is based on what we think will happen or what we wish will happen, not on a promise. And, you know, people do this to each other a lot. We expect things that people never say. But God doesn't work that way. (laughs) If he didn't say it, he's under no obligation to do it. You understand? In Jeremiah 1, 12, it says, The Lord said unto me, You have well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Now, here is that word hasten again, quicken, uh, expedite. My word to perform it. Not on my word, not on grandma's word, not on grandpa's word, not on uncle's word, not even on pastor's word, but on my word, Jesus. When I said my word, you understand I was talking about myself, but on his word, he will hasten his word to perform it. In Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, you know this verse. He said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, to give you an expected end. In the Amplified Bible, it says, you know the plans that I have for you to give you hope in your final outcome. Mm-mm-mm. He said, I know the plans that I have for you. They're his plans. And listen, his plans are inseparable from his promise. His plan is inseparable from his promise. How do I know that I'm on the plan of God? Because there's a promise attached to it. If there's no promise attached to it, then I'm not on his plan. Do you see that? There has to be a promise in order for me to identify the plan. So let me ask you, what has God promised you? What has God given you a promise about? Because that's the thing that he will perform until the day of Jesus Christ. That's the thing he'll carry out and bring to completion, bring to the end. But again, you have to be willing to lay aside some things to enter in to that thing. Amen. Proverbs 23, 18 says, For surely there is an end, and your expectation shall not be cut off. In the Amplified Bible, it says, For surely there is a latter end, a future and a reward, and your hope and expectation won't be cut off. What are we talking about here? Interrupted. We're talking about how God is going to interrupt some people's plans. God is going to interrupt some people's pursuits. God is going to interrupt some things, just like a baby interrupts other things. (laughs) Just like a baby who is due, when a woman goes into labor, it interrupts everything because the due date has come. We've been talking about things God is going to interrupt, but listen, God is not going to interrupt his promise. If, if he promised it, then there is surely an end, and your expectation is not going to be interrupted and cut off. Why? Because what he began, he will perform until the day of Jesus Christ. What he started, he's going to finish. He's the author and the finisher of your faith, and there's a future, there's a reward at the end. When I'm doing what he started, when I'm clinging to his promise. Why would you be expecting something? Why would you have an expectation? Because you have a promise. If there's no promise, there's no expectation. But when you fix your eyes on the promise, there is an end, an expectation, and an appointed day. And when you are fixing your eyes on the promise of God, there truly is a reward at the end of the rainbow. This has been the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace. I hope you got something out of this today, and I will talk to you the next time you click play.
Thanks again for listening to the No Content Podcast. Remember that Jesus loves you, he loves everyone else, and please don't forget to feed the ducks. Ah.